your big idea might be podcasting. Okay, that's a big idea. Now, within that big idea, you need to niche down until it hurts. That means you need to niche down until you find a topic that you can own, that you can dominate from day one. So just to kind of give my example real quick, my big idea was podcasting. I niched down from there, business podcasts. There was 800 of those at the time. I niched down from there, um, interview podcasts in the business world. Okay, there was 100 of those. Okay, what about... What about the just interview entrepreneurs that started their own business? Okay, there were eight of those shows that were out there. Did I wanna be the ninth best show that was interviewing entrepreneurs back in 2012? Of course not, that would have eventually failed. So what was another parameter, another niche, another level that I could go down that would make me unique? And for that area, I went to quantity. They were all doing once a week or twice a month. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the None of Your Business podcast. Sean and Lacey here with you. Back to give it another shot to see if we can top last week's show. We're going to make a run at it today, I am sure. Our guest today is super special, probably for most of you in the podcasting world. If you listen to a lot of podcasts, needs no introduction. Um, I mean, one of the OGs, the originators. We've been on like this podcast tip on the none of your business show which probably is not by design very very important for people to know that not by design but i think universally what it's sending is a message to everybody that hey man i think the universe wants you to understand the importance of having your podcast getting that going and doing it well and there's no one better to talk to about that than john lee dumas entrepreneur on fire if you don't know entrepreneur on fire how are you even listening to this show? You must not have Apple Podcasts or any other podcasting platforms. He is the legend. Let's bring him in. So great to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us. I'm excited to be here. I wanted to drop in some balloons to kick off. You guys get a dog. I get balloons. I'm even going to throw some confetti in here when the time is right. I mean, like, <laughs> Absolutely. two things that make people happy, dogs, balloons, you know, it works. <laughs> hey, we begin every show with the same question, but you're the first one to get the modified version of this question. Lacey and I were talking, we're like, we want to really what we want to really get to um, are some points that we want to highlight and so we've modified the question slightly still the essence is the same listen anybody who knows of you and knows of the success that you have had um, not just podcasting but in the entrepreneur space like all of the things um, it's easy for someone to look at you and be like well look that's because he gets all the breaks that's probably because he had all of his friends, right, before they all moved to Puerto Rico together. Look, if I had those friends, if I had all of those I connections, I would be exactly yeah. where he is. And we have learned that that's definitely not the case. And what we want to highlight are some of the bumps um, in the journey to all of this success. And so the new version of the question is in that journey to getting to where you are today, 
what are some of the highlights or actually lowlights, the biggest obstacles that you've faced and the lessons that you've learned in getting where you are today? Frankly, that is none of your business. <laughs> I love it. That was time for confetti. I mean, that was like, let it rain. Confetti-wise, why is he giving us balloons? It should be giving us confetti right now. Oh, I, think I, know. I think I know why. I think I know why. Anyway, gotta, gotta get it. You're gonna get it. We have, we have 30 what if we do it? What if we do it? <laughs> <laughs> so, at the end of the day, I mean, you are right. It's been 11 years, it's been 4,000 episodes, it's been 150 million listens of the show, and it's, it's been a lot of ups, it's been a lot of successes. But what a lot of people don't see are the downs, are the bumps. They actually might see them in our business more than most because every month now for 121 months in a row, we've been publishing what we call a monthly income report. And that monthly income report shares everything that's working for us, all the successes, all the wins, but it also shares everything that's not working for us, our mistakes, our failures. So that's kind of one thing that we've really hung our hat on over the past 11 years is transparency, opening the kimono, bringing our accountant in to verify our monthly income reports, to give a tax tip, bringing our lawyer on to do the same, to give a legal tip, and just really give people the insights of what it's like to run a multi-million dollar a year business that's the good and the bad, because it is, as some people who grew up in the 80s like myself might know, the facts of life. It really is the fact <laughs> of running a business. And here's the deal. I'll start off with a couple really quick stories at the beginning to kind of highlight your specific question. And it really started off even before I launched the podcast, because I hired at very high expense a amazing business podcast host, Jamie Masters. She was my coach. She's amazing. She's still my friend to this day. And then I also, at very high expense, hired a mastermind mentor, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. They both told me, do not launch a daily podcast. You will burn out. Your listeners will burn out. You'll never find enough guests. It won't last long don't do a daily podcast. So right, right off the bat, I was facing this major opposition of what I thought was a great idea, what I thought was going to be able to make me unique in the marketplace. I was getting it shot down. But then I flipped it and I said, you know, if the best people in this space, podcasting, tell me it can't be done and I figure out a way to do it, that's the opportunity. And that's what I want people to take away from that part of my life is, man, you may get told from people that you really respect and admire that you can't do it or you shouldn't do it. And by the way, 99% of their advice was fantastic advice. It just happened the most critical 1% that was bad advice from them. I did ignore because I knew it was the right thing for me to do was to wake up every morning and release a podcast with an interview with the world's most successful entrepreneurs. And I've been doing that now for 11 years and I will never stop. But that was right out of the gate. That was a lot of issue. That was a lot of struggle. That was a lot to get over. 
<laughs> well, I mean, what I love about this story is how convicted you were. Like that's, I mean, I think that's the thing that people need to take away. When you have a conviction inside of you, you have to listen to that. That has to be your gut check because it's really easy for us to fall into listening to other people's narratives or belief systems around what we can and cannot do. But conviction is like the override of all of those things. And so um, it's that's great to hear because in our society now, so many individuals are looking at other people's successes and they're telling them, you can do it too, but they're not telling them like the stuff that you share, you can do it too, but you have to know that this is what comes along with it, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so important. Well, I'm, well, I'm wondering inside of that, yeah. I thought that was a question or a statement. It was a statement. Oh. I was just like, get it oh. off my chest. Okay, thank you. I think he was like, <laughs> he, he was saying you thank you a, too. Yeah, okay. I thought you had a question. <laughs> well, I do. That, but... uh, so you have that conviction. Um, we start to, you, you, and you said, <laughs> I'm going to do this forever. I'm going to release a podcast every day. Um, how how was that like was it as hard as they said it was because you were set up for that they said it's going to be really hard you're going to burn out haven't burnt out yet just said you're going to keep doing it um did you find any moments where you were kind of like maybe they were right and how did you get through that so they were never right they were always wrong the only way that i was going to be successful as a podcast host was to do something that was different, was to do something that was unique, was to fill a void in the current marketplace. If I just released another show that was just like the other shows that were out there that I liked and that I listened to, I would have failed because guess what? I was a bad podcast host. I was a bad communicator, speaker, presenter, facilitator of a conversation. I was terrible at all of those things. Why? Um, probably because I had never done any of those things before. And guess what? I don't think anybody that you admire, whether it be business, but let's even focus on sports for a second. Anybody that you admire in sports, do any of those people that you admire that are professionals, do they say, you know what? I'm going to practice four times a month. I'm going to practice 52 times a year. That sounds like a good cadence for me. That was my mentality. Everybody's like, just do once a week show. That's what everybody's doing. I'm like, how am I ever going to get good at doing something once a week? It's called putting in the reps. I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to speak to the world's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs. I wanted to share those conversations for free on my platform, Entrepreneurs on Fire, via podcasting, and I wanted to do it for the foreseeable future and see what happened. And there was nothing that was gonna stop me, so it didn't matter that I was putting in 10, 12-hour days, 70, 80, 90-hour weeks at first, when it was just me emailing thousands of entrepreneurs to get 30 or 40 yeses to be on the show before the show even launched and I had zero credibility. I was willing to put in all of that work because I knew number one, things would get better because I would get better at my craft of podcasting, speaking into this microphone. I would get better at systems and automations just because I was doing the thing every single day. I was going to naturally improve upon my day-to-day -day schedules, automation, systems, et cetera. I knew I was going to eventually build a team out. I knew eventually the word was going to get out if I was successful, which means people start coming to me. And I mean, let's fast forward 11 years. And in key point, it is 11 year fast forward. But now I get between four to 600 people a month 
asking to be on my show. So there's 30 spots on my show. You can imagine the supply and demand issue there. So now instead of me wondering where I'm going to find enough guests for a daily show, now I'm having to essentially say no to 95% of people that are reaching out to me that want to be on the show that frankly, a lot of them, probably most of them are qualified and would be great guests. So that to me is just something that again, was committing to a process, knowing what I wanted to do and then sticking with the plan. So probably one of the biggest values that we could provide the listeners of this program, because we have been massive advocates of, of all of our listeners. Well, not all of them, but those that are convicted, leveraging a platform like podcasting to bring a message to the world, but you've paid tremendous dummy tax. Mm -hmm. One of the things I'm going to fast or, or rewind, I'm going to rewind back because I talk to a ton of people that are like, I hear what you're saying, Sean, but I just don't know what I would talk about. Um, and then you mentioned all of these things, which is amazing. Like I knew that I would figure it out if I got the reps, I knew I would build a team. And that even exhibits a degree of vision that a lot of people don't have because they just get straight stuck right from the jump with, I don't know what I would talk about. And then I'll tell you, then they get like super hung up for whatever reason. And you know this on I, what mics will I use? I don't what, get whatever mic you want, but they're really yeah. stuck on, on what they're going to talk about. How did you figure out this formula that would work for you? Why did you pick entrepreneurs of all things? Why, why was that the topic? And did you have any process that led you to that? You know, your comment about microphones reminds me because I'm a boy from Maine, grew up in the state of Maine. So one of our heroes is Stephen King. He lives in Maine. Almost all of his books are uh, or take place in Maine. And of course, he's a very successful author, et cetera. And he does these writing workshops and he always uh, likes to point back to when people ask questions at his workshop, they're always like, what type of number two pencil do you use to write down your initial notes before you start your book? And he's just like, that's what, what that, that doesn't matter. Like that is yeah. why I am successful. I am successful because of these reasons, not because of the pencil or in our case, because of the microphone. Um, so that's just kind of what I wanted to share a little bit, a little, little side note story on that. And uh, what was the, uh, the gist of the question? How do we pick the topic? So then once they have like, figured out that the microphone process? doesn't matter, they still say like, well, I could talk on a myriad of things. How do I pick a topic? Because you did very, very good picking your lane um, and, and really sticking to it. I mean, again, just that stick to itiveness. But sometimes people are like, well, I could talk about cooking or I could talk about co college football or I yeah. could talk about healthcare. How I just fell asleep with all of those topics because the reality is you're probably going to choose a broad topic about any of those things. And you're going to talk about those things at a very aerial broad level, like everybody and their grandmother is doing. And you're just going to be one of those other shows that never does anything or gets anywhere. Where instead, if you say, okay, let me take a step back and say, what's a big idea? And if your big idea might be podcasting, okay, that's a big idea. Now within that big idea, you need to niche down until it hurts. That means you need to niche down until you find a topic that you can own, that you can dominate from day one. So just to kind of give my example real quick, my big idea was podcasting. I niched down from there, business podcast. There was 800 of those at the time. I niched down from there, um, interview podcasts in the business world. Okay, there was 100 of those. Okay, what about 
What about the just interview entrepreneurs that started their own business? Okay, there were eight of those shows that were out there. Did I want to be the ninth best show that was interviewing entrepreneurs back in 2012? Of course not. That would have eventually failed. So what was another parameter, another niche, another level that I could go down that would make me unique? And for that area, I went to quantity. They were all doing once a week or twice a month. And that was a big negative in my mind of their shows because I would listen to their shows. I would enjoy them and I would say, wow, it's Tuesday. I just listened to their episode for the week. I've got to wait seven days for their next episode to drop. And that was just a 23-minute interview that was unbelievable and inspiring. But now I got seven more days before the next one comes. Like I need to be inspired every single day. And so that was like, for me, okay, where's the daily show that I can get up every morning when I jump in my car, I know that episode is waiting for me to listen to, to inspire me every single day. The show did not exist. I saw that was a void in the marketplace. So I niched down in that quantity area to daily. And guess what? When I did that, Entrepreneurs on Fire was the best daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs the day that I launched. It was the worst daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs the day that I launched. It was the only daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs the day that I launched. So if you were like me, and there was a lot of people out there that were, that wanted a daily show that was telling an amazing story of an incredibly inspiring entrepreneur, I was your only show in town. Sorry, you might not like me. Luckily, I was smart enough to not talk that much and just ask a really quick question and then shut my mouth and let the brilliant entrepreneur talk for the next 20 minutes. And that was valuable. So I was giving the audience what they needed, what they wanted. So these people are like, I could talk on a myriad of things. Yeah, they're all boring. None, none of <laughs> you have an actual knowledgeable expertise on at a level that you need to either be the only one in that niche or the best in that niche because your competition is terrible. So you need to find the absolute area that you are number one, passionate about, you're excited about the topic. So that needs to be one thing. You need to combine it with something that you are skilled and knowledgeable about so that you are going to be giving value to the world in this so that you're passionate and excited about the topic, but you're also knowledgeable and have skills in that so that the value that your listeners are getting is real. And then when you combine those together, what is missing? What is something that's not currently being created in the podcasting space that is a void that needs to be filled? And the thing that I'll just end on real quick is this is how a lot of people have been so successful in the Amazon e-com uh, market space is they've gone to products that are really successful and then they go to the one-star reviews and read what people don't like about that product and then they create essentially that same product but with a couple three things to make those one-star reviews no longer relevant and then they're just releasing a superior product because they've niched down into doing things that that product wasn't initially doing that people were complaining about and people won at a high level and are still doing things like that at a high level. You need to have that same attitude when it comes to podcasting. Mm. So uh, I love this story because we're talking about conviction. We're talking about a plan and strategy, and we're talking about offering something that nobody else does, niching down. But part of your story, you also said that you wanted to be able to offer these interviews for free. 
So I'm curious as when the idea of monetizing the podcast came into your mind and how that began for you, because I know a lot of people are like, I want to do a podcast, but I don't know how ultimately this fits into my business plan or will serve me how I'm gonna uh, eat. or how I'm going to eat. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about that part of the journey. Monetization was the goal and was the plan from day one, because this is all that I was going to be doing was committing to doing a daily podcast, interviewing entrepreneurs. I never pretended that I was doing this as some kind of charitable gift to the world. What I was doing was saying, hey, I know that if I can deliver free, valuable, and consistent content to an audience, that audience will know, like, and trust that content. They will know, like, and trust me. That audience will grow. And then once the audience grows, it gets to a certain level, I'm going to be able to start doing things, offering them products, services, coaching, mastermind, bring sponsors on my podcast. So those are all the things that I knew were coming if I could build an audience that was of enough size to make that happen. And in fact, I interviewed one of my first 30 guests and it was a great fun interview. And he's like, you know what, John, I was thinking about doing a podcast myself. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, something where I do it once a week, not too crazy, but I need to learn how to do it. I need, need to learn how to do it fast because I got this other business that's going on. Um, what are your coaching rates? And I said, Hey, let me just email you my rate card. And we hung up on the phone. I need to make a rate card. What, what the heck? Yeah. Like, I never thought that early somebody would be asking me um, or asking me to uh, asking to pay me money for skills that I had just acquired over the past three to five months. Now, again, I had acquired skills. I had hired my own coach, my own mentors. I was in a mastermind. So I definitely knew a lot more about podcasting than this individual and felt competent enough to share with him that content. So I made up this rate sheet. I'll never forget it. It was uh, one month for 900, two months for 1800 or 1700, and then three months for like 2500. And he like emailed back in a second. He's like, I'll take the three month package. When can we stop? Like, I just made $2,500. I better sign up for PayPal. Like it was crazy. Like that's how it started. And that was just one example. And then I shortly afterwards uh, launched a mastermind called Fire Nation Elite, which we brought in listeners of the, of the show so I could promote that mastermind on the show and people would sign up for it. And then we would meet once a week and have a Facebook group. And then the show got big enough where a sponsor started reaching out. And then the snowball just happened and kept going. And then at month 13, we had our first six-figure month of net profits. So it was a very big and very successful month. That's the month that we started publishing our monthly income reports. And that's all over at eofire.com slash income. We've done that now for 121 months. And we've never been lower than six figures of net profit a month for 121 months. Yeah. So much I want to talk about, but first I want to, I, this, is, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I have to ask this because I know this is of interest um, to, to the audience that listens to this show. That's pretty bold to publish your income every month. For some people in the entrepreneur space, there's got to be the haters that are like, oh, well, look at, look at you. You're just bragging up on, on, on what you're making. And of course you waited until month 13 when you had a six figure month. But what I love and Lacey and I love about that, I love being around people who are super comfortable with money. I hate being around people that are weird. I mean, because look, 
there is no doubt um, and you're sharing it openly. So there is no doubt there are highs and lows in any entrepreneurial journey. But I love the, the, the free, the, how free spirited you are with that. Have you always been like that? I understand this is a tangent, but have you always been cool with talking about money and sharing the wins and losses um, and being okay with people knowing what you're doing and how much you're making? I really have. And that's kind of a hat tip, honestly, to my father, who just my whole life, he just always talked about money. He was always talking about how much money he was making, how much you know he made in the last law case that he made, how much he lost, how much he made in the stock market that day, how much money he lost in the stock market. He would show me finances. So I always kind of just grew up thinking it was kind of normal to talk about money and finances. And then you know I realized through some socially awkward scenarios that that actually wasn't that normal. <laughs> But I said, it's the way that it should be because when I was 32 years old, when I launched this podcast 11 years ago, um, I wasn't that confident on the online marketing entrepreneurship world in general. Like I thought that it was potentially a sketchy industry because I just didn't know how people could just come and say like, I just had a six figure launch or I just had a seven figure blah, blah, blah. But like, did you can say that, but like, like, where can you verify that? Let's validate that. Like, I just watched this great um, Netflix show last night, something about like the race to the top. And it's about this amazing um, solo hiker that like did all these crazy fast climbs to the top of uh, the Himalayas, Annapurna and Kilimanjaro and all these places in Switzerland. Um, but he was getting a lot of flack because he had no proof that he did these things. Like he would do the summits at night, but you know, he never like turned his GPS watch on. He never took, took a camera. So he never had like a picture from up there. So there was just no proof. And then people were just like, dude, like we know you're a great climber, but it's like, like, why? Like, what's the problem? It's 2023. Like you can turn on your GPS wash and prove the fact that you're at the top of the mountain. Why are you not doing that? And he always had some like kind of random excuses and people just did not believe him and did not trust that. And I said, you know, that's the kind of thing that I always wanted to avoid was like that kind of mentality of like, listen, I know that I'm, I'm successful. I'm going to launch a course in a community on podcasting, which I did 10 years ago called Podcasters Paradise. And I'm like, I want when people join our course and join our community and are paying me money, I want them to see A, you really can make legitimate revenue in podcasting and B, here are the numbers that we do. Yeah, maybe we did $314,000 last month. We know that seems pretty unattainable, which it is for most people and will be for most people. But what if you did 10% of that? What if you did 5% of that? Like it's there, the path is there. And we bring our, again, we bring our accountant on to verify the numbers. We bring our lawyer on to do the same thing, to give a legal tip and a tax tip. So everything's like all like very out there, very transparent. Because again, going back to 2012, I didn't know if I trusted the industry. And I saw a couple individuals, one of them was Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income, was publishing monthly income reports where they were also being transparent. And I said, man, that is so cool. Because now I'm seeing that you can be, a good person and provide real value and generate real revenue online and impact people in a positive way. That's what I want to do. So like that trust was given to me through those reports. And I said, if I ever get to the point where I'm generating revenue, I want to do the same thing for other people. And when we started it, like we've gotten, you know, just great feedback from people over the years on it. Of course there's haters, you know, saying this and saying that, but we've always just been, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Like those are paint, people that are hurting themselves and we just let it float on by and wish them the best. And we just keep putting out great content and trying to help people 
by showing what's working for us, what's not. And again, we love showing the wins and the losses. Yeah. Love that. I do. I love that as well. And I think, you know, you've, you've been able to help people in so many ways through so many different avenues. And one of the things that we haven't talked about yet is the book you wrote. It's the common path to uncommon success. So I know that that has an essence of it around creating a path to financial freedom. So tell us a little bit about the book too. When you interview 4,000 entrepreneurs, you start to get what I like to call trends. Like things just keep coming up over and over again of people on their path to success. Of course, everybody has a unique path to success, but over time you're like, man, these things are always happening on that path. These are the really consistent trends that I'm seeing over and over again. So at one point, this was about two years ago now, I sat down and I said, I'm gonna sit down and create what I've seen as the incredibly common roadmap that it seems like every entrepreneur treads upon on their path to success. And I sat down and I just kind of wrote down all the things that successful entrepreneurs seem to have in common. And it came out to 17 things. And I rearranged them like into the order that now is in that book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success, which is a 17 step roadmap to financial freedom and fulfillment. That's what the book is. It is a step-by-step -step roadmap to get people from point A all the way to point whatever the 17th number in the alphabet is. I think somebody probably just yelled it out because they know that thing. I don't know that thing. But <laughs> step one to step 17, step by step by step. And by the way, we actually talked about the first two steps already. Step one is your big idea about yeah. getting your big idea. Step two is discovering the niche within that big idea that has not yet been fulfilled, that is a void currently in the marketplace. Then once you get those two, you move on to step three and so on and so forth. And by the time you get to step 17, which by the way is keep the money you make, I teach you how to keep the money you make. <laughs> I love it. So, I, okay, I got a question around this. What was the most surprising trend that you uncovered when you were listening and, and revisiting all of these interviews that you had done with these entrepreneurs. Was there anything that you were kind of shocked by that you noticed that people had in commonality? Shocked is a strong word, but a lot of these entrepreneurs kind of come across as these freewheeling cowboys and cowgirls who are just kind of like waking up in the morning and they're, you know, Richard Branson, they're just chasing after the moon and Elon Musk and they're doing that. And they're just like these crazy individuals and they do have that trait. Uh, those traits and they do have those qualities. But what really surprised me, and again, shocked I could maybe even put in there because it was shocking that every single one of them had unbelievable systems, unbelievable processes, unbelievable step by step things that they followed every single day within their business. And it was just crazy to me. It ended up, ended up being not even by a little bit, but by far the biggest chapter in the entire book. It's chapter eight. And that chapter alone is the size of most business books. It could be a standalone business book, just chapter eight about systems and processes. And that was something that I did not expect when I first sat down. The, the website, the URL is uncommonsuccessbook.com. Check that out. Also, you got to check out 
eofire.com. All the resources there, eofire, kind of the gateway drug to all things. John Lee Dumas. <laughs> right, that's how you get in it, right? <laughs> eofire. There it is. <laughs> yes. Yes. We have to get, uh, I was just thinking about that. You know, we do our live every Wednesday evening, sound effects. We, we don't have we don't the visual have effects. effects. Like, that's super cool. Yeah, gotta... like right now we could get, get have some fireworks crank in here. I mean, oh, it'd be what? awesome. Let's see what the prompt is for that. <laughs> we got to level up our game. This is amazing. I love it. That's awesome. super awesome. All right, so just in, in conclusion here, um, first of all, disclaimer, because I'm not, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. You've done 4,000 plus interviews. We understand not even, not even remotely close to 4,000. I don't know how many we've done, hey, but there are some interviews. That, oh, I'm sorry. I said, compare and despair, only compare <laughs> yourself to you yesterday. And you're one episode up from there. Well, well, when I, well, well, in that comparison, though, here's what I do know is that there are some interviews that come and go um, that, that they were great at the moment. But then, like, if, if you asked me, like, what did so-and-so say? I might not remember, right? And definitely at 4,000, um, if I was like, well, tell me on episode number 1,056, <laughs> you, you might not remember. However, I'm sure that there are some that stand out. Um, not even necessarily, so again, disclaimer, not saying they were your favorite. I'm just saying they, they stood out. Do any episodes or any interviews in particular stand out to you that you're like, wow, um, I remember this interview for this reason or another? Yeah, it was under episode 1000. So it was somewhere maybe in the seven or eight hundreds. I interviewed this gentleman called Aaron Walker. Um, and I had no expectations going into the episode. I assumed it was going to be a great conversation and it just blew me away. So that would be the one that I would point to. And so obviously you did the reps, right? So you've done all of the reps and obviously now everybody that's watching this program is watching you with roles reversed. One last thing you have interviewed tons of people and the reps have made you an incredible a podcast host and interviewer. A lot of people that watch this show may not be going to, may, may not have their own podcast mm -hmm. later on in life, but I think everyone that watches this show would agree they would love to be interviewed on a show that has figured it out like you in their particular niche. Right. Give us some tips, the do's and don'ts of how to be interviewed. What do you love in a guest when you're interviewing them? And what are some things that you're saying to yourself? I just wish they wouldn't do that. Listen, what I love is when people send me an email and they essentially say, John, I love your show. I know your show. I understand your audience. Here's a couple of recent episodes that I listened to. Here's a couple of takeaways I got from those episodes. Really enjoyed that content. The reason why I'm the right guest for one of your upcoming shows is because I noticed in your past couple hundred episodes, you haven't talked about this topic. I happen to be a unique expert in this specific topic. Here's how I'm unique. Here is how I'm going to bring special value to your audience about this unique yet important topic. I would love to be a guest on your show. I've just left a, a screenshot of a five-star review that I gave your show because it's so worthy of that. Whether you reply or not, it doesn't matter. Thank you so much. Adios. Mm, what about on the show? Um, we, we've had many, many very successful podcast hosts um, answer this, this very question. 
What about on the show? Like there is the, the I'll give you, I'll give you mine. There, there are some guests that we, I mean, and, and listen, I'm not saying that this is bad. Again, I want to make sure that everybody knows because some people that have done this, the, the show has been incredible, but there are some guests that we have maybe been able to ask two questions mm -hmm. because their answers were, were 30 minutes long. And again, I just want to point out some of those, it, the answer was amazing. Yeah. I was just like, let them go. This is, that, this is yeah. Gold. I actually think that's a little bit of a failure on your end as the host, because listen, human beings tune out to droned on rambling from the same exact person. Every single time I say something, click, they're coming in back into focus from whatever they were doing. And every time you say something, click, they're coming back in. Every time you give a little bit of a pause, just like, a lot of people just tune back in right there because they're like, well, that was weird because <laughs> somewhere else. And a lot of people are shaking their heads and smiling right now. Yes, you, yes, we see you. And I'm telling you those 30 minute answers are doing nobody any good. There honestly was probably like you mentioned a ton of value in there. Incredibly few people got any value from that because they just weren't listening. Mm. Oh, fantastic gold advice. all through the podcast john thank you so much for joining us i'm sure you've inspired so many people and uh shaken some belief systems including ours i i love it i love this income report too i oh, want yeah. everybody to go eofire.com and check that out um and hopefully you are inspired again i just love chipping away on getting people to do a podcast we have no products that will help you do that so make sure you check out eofire get plugged in with all of these things, all of the products, all of the advice, all of the mentorship that you can gain from John Lee Dumas. Thank you so much for coming on the show with us. We appreciate you. Adios, guys, from Puerto Rico. All right, everybody, that's it for this episode. Um, I think we did a pretty good job of topping last week. And I don't even know who was last week, but John Lee Dumas was amazing. I don't know how we top it next week, though. The bar just keeps well, getting set too high, but we'll try. We'll give it the old college try. All right, everybody, make sure you tune back in next week for a brand new edition of the None of Your Business Podcast.